You are listening to Heal Yeah with Colleen Ziegler, produced by the Lighter Side Network. Visit thelightersidenetwork.com for hundreds of video episodes and podcasts exploring wholeness living, trance channeling, energy work, and more. The Lighter Side Network, where the everyday meets the extraordinary. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heal Yeah podcast. I am your host, Colleen Ziegler, and today in the studio, I have Trey Jackson. Hi, I'm here. <laughs> and Trey also has his own podcast. I do. Right? Free Minds Podcast. It's free hyphen minds because uh, I had to stick that hyphen in there to make it unique. And this is your first time being a guest, yeah. not the interviewer. Super different. Super different, mm-hmm. right? Do you, do you feel it energetically, like just sitting over there in the, <laughs> in the hot seat? Like I'm going to just Yeah, I feel like I'm at the mercy. With, yeah, just... I have all kinds of really embarrassing questions lined up. <laughs> Not true at all. <laughs> Excited for embarrassment. So just a little bit more about Trey. He is an author and an intuitive coach. Mm-hmm. And you have a series of books called Evergreen. Right. The first book is out. It's uh, Evergreen. We are not the masks we wear. We're the light that shines through. Okay. And then the I second like one is called Evergreen, The Unraveling of Love. Uh, that one's not published yet. And then the third one is called The Alchemist Compass. Okay. So no evergreen in the in the third title. No, but it feels like it's part of it, kind of. I'm curious if you could just share, where does evergreen come from? Uh, I was sitting one night and I was just kind of thinking about how an evergreen tree never changes. It's always authentic. It never, the weather doesn't make it change. Nothing makes it change. It's always the same. And I felt like a part of us is always the same, this inner awareness is kind of evergreen too. And it's green too, which is, you know, heart is. Yeah, I like that. And you know what comes to mind is Ashley, who was in the hot seat right before yeah. you, had this tattoo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right here. I've been thinking about getting yeah. some kind of tree. For so sure. it's kind of a common theme. And I love the way that you explained it because it is true. They don't change, Mm-mm. whether it's, you know, 85 degrees or 30 below, they're mm-hmm. looking the same. The external world never makes it change. Yeah, which is a great little idea around us. And when we are in alignment in our flow, that we can still sit there no matter what kind of weather turmoil is going on around us. Mm -hmm. Or the people around you or whatever. Family, it doesn't matter. You can always be you. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about Evergreen. Uh, It kind of... The book. I mean, it's kind of... A spiritual awakening book, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's I I was I've I've read a lot of books and I was thinking about well, this kind of goes back into how the book happened, which goes into like kind of an injury. Should I back up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's back up um to you know, you had an awakening, right? Right. And yeah. the age of twenty six. It's I mean, it's it's not really one specific event, okay. right? Like before that I'd been kind of like I, I did this, you know, I graduate college kind of, I do an internship. And I do a corporate job and mm-hmm. doesn't feel right. I start trying out stand-up comedy just because I need something else. And uh, I don't know. One night I stumble onto this forum. Wait, just back up yeah. a second yeah, yeah, because yeah. that's really funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For some reason that is so funny. So, is and you said it so just like so just graduated from college. And then I went to corporate America and then I just decided to try stand-up. Yeah, I needed something. Like the, yeah, the, I get it. the corporate job was just not going to do it. But to go to stand up, not to go, I need a hobby. It's, <laughs> it's, it's one of those, I watched this video, it was like most people sleepwalk through life and they don't ever do anything that's related to their potential. And my life had been so, I just, I'd felt like such an awkward person my whole life. And, mm-hmm. I, and I felt like, well, this could be funny. I can at least laugh at my life and get on stage and do it. So mm-hmm. that was kind of the origin of like the stand up comedy thing. So how long did that last? About a year. Okay. 
I got some funny stuff. It was it was yeah. pretty good. I had fun when I was doing it. Uh, but I didn't, you know, I didn't feel like my true calling, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I noticed, you know, I don't need to be the center of attention. That's not really that important. But I did it, and it yeah. was funny. So that's interesting, right? Well, and also served, you know, I'm I'm seeing it in a bigger light of it probably served as an outlet for you to find your voice. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I do have a voice. Yeah. And and I can talk in front of people. So this is interesting. Mm -hmm. I could do something with this. And people are like, you, you, like, you need to be on the radio. Like people always told me that. And well, I mean, podcasts, but yep. like, you know, I found, I found a way to get there kind of. So I did, I did the comedy for a second. I found, you know, I, 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 I dabbled with psychedelics for a second and I was like, okay, spirituality is definitely real. Like mm -hmm. there's something else here. There, there are definitely other dimensions. And to me, psychedelics are like, I'm, I'm removing the veil of 3D reality and, and I'm diving into something else. Didn't really know what all that was yet. I wasn't quite ready to go down that road, but mm -hmm. I, it was there. It was, you know, it exists. If you don't mind me asking, were you doing psychedelics because for that spiritual experience or were you doing it just because you were bored and you just wanted to see what was going on? For the spiritual experience. Okay. I had, I had remembered. So you were setting that intention going into. Right. right. I, I remembered from high school, I did it once and I remembered, you know, that was really weird. Like. None of that made any sense. Mm -hmm. Like, how did that all happen? And then I read a forum post about it somehow. I don't remember how I found it. And they were just talking about, yeah, you're removing the veil of reality and you're tapping into your other senses that you naturally have in other states of consciousness. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. And then, and then naturally I was like, ayahuasca? Okay, I'll go do that. And I did that. And nothing really happened. You know, I did. I went to Peru. I did ceremonies. And uh, I didn't. I mean, something happened, right? Just yeah, not some stuff <laughs> happened, but I didn't change. Yes. I didn't That's change. That's ultimately what you were looking for. I wanted ayahuasca to fix me. Yeah. And it didn't. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, I'm, I'm at this corporate job and I'd say about, about half a year is, is when I went and did ayahuasca. And then I just came back and I was like, I'm just going to do the corporate thing. I'm going to make money, which I made a lot of money, but yeah. it was not fulfilling. Can you, um, for those of our listeners that don't know what ayahuasca is, can you briefly explain what it is and what a ceremony might entail? You don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. So these people in Peru, uh, I guess, you know, shamans, these, these tribes that have been there for thousands of years have these rituals with, um, plant-based medicine. Mm -hmm. They have to mix a vine and some leaves, which are in completely different parts of the Amazon. Like, I don't know how in God's name you would know to mix them. And they said, well, the plants told us to do it. And it's to kind of release anything that you've been holding on too long, too long. It's like, it's like therapy. It's like five years of therapy in a night. If, if that is your intention, mm -hmm. if that's what the energy you're willing to put into it. And it's, it's a lot of a uh, releasing physically, you mm -hmm. know, through your mouth and, and other uh, orifices, mm -hmm. but at the same time, you're releasing a lot of things mentally. You're able to see a lot of things. You 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 can literally see a lot of things that come to you, spirits, animal spirits, uh, and they just kind of come and look at you and interact with you. Sometimes some people hear Mother Ayahuasca talking to her, which is a you know just kind of Mother Earth, right? Mm -hmm. And the it's basically whatever your intention is is what you're going to get out of it. Like if you go just to try ayahuasca to say, I want to release all my trauma. I want to release everything that's heavy mm -hmm. so that I can move forward in my life. But I'm not willing to actually meet the ayahuasca halfway. Some people don't experience anything. Mm -hmm. So when you were looking for that huge life transformation, mm -hmm. was that your intention going into the ayahuasca ceremony? I, I, part of it was 
I wanted to fix me because mm-hmm. I didn't want to do it myself, which is a little immature, but uh, you know. You I just wanted still, to do it in one night in Peru. I, I did three ceremonies actually. <laughs> okay. But yeah. yeah. Uh, and I found, you know, an authentic All at one, the same time? Uh, Monday, a Wednesday, and a Friday. Holy. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was a whole week. That's um, intense. My parents thought I was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> my family thought I was crazy. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I went and did it and uh, I, I realized when I got back, what I started doing was... I've done ayahuasca, so now I can be spiritually enlightened, mm-hmm. which is another label, right? Another yeah. thing we're attaching to our ego and we're using it to give us validation. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, I've done this thing. Now you have to, you know, respect me in a different way. Yeah. It was, but, but isn't that part of the process? Like doing that, coming back, having that ego, and then recognizing that's your ego. Mm-hmm. It was. I didn't recognize. I recognized it and I didn't really stop it though. You know, mm-hmm. you can see things that you're doing and not stop them right away, right? Yeah, Absolutely. So all of that happens, uh, and I just decide, you know what, I, I, I like these people at my corporate job, some of them, I go out drinking with them, I'm going to be a human, I'm going to smoke weed, I'm just going to be dumb for like the mm-hmm. next two and a half years, and I did that. Yeah, because it's easier than going, I'm having a spiritual awakening, mm-hmm. I'm going to channel some books. Yeah. Or is it? I don't know. Is it? Your brain can convince you it's yeah. easier. Yeah. It's and what's comfortable, it's what's familiar. Until right? it's not. Mm-hmm. So what happens then? So I get, you know, I'm working. So my job was I was a software consultant. I worked in warehouses. I helped manage inventory more efficiently. I had a degree in supply chain management. Uh, so, I mean, and I have a degree in history and marketing too. So I have all these degrees. And I'm like, I have to use them. I have to, you know, otherwise it's a waste of money. Mm-hmm. This is what the rational brain tells you. And it gets to a point where I kind of get lucky because uh, for the company I worked at, uh, we had a government client, uh, FEMA, mm-hmm. and Hurricane Maria and Sandy back in the day. I don't know if you remember all those. Mm-hmm. They were all happening. And I had an opportunity to go help get this inventory to people that were in need. Mm-hmm. And in doing that work, I kind of realized it's kind of nice to help people. It's kind of nice to do something that feels a little more fulfilling. And I got just a taste of it. I did it for a, a few months, you know, until the hurricanes were done. Uh, the port in Puerto Rico and everything. Not that we ever really fully helped them, but mm-hmm. the the support was done. We we came back in, and then I went back to regular old clients, just moving inventory for like Nike or Yankee Candle, and didn't feel very good. And and one night when I when I came home, uh, I just kind of set the intention uh, before I got in my lift. I was like, I'm tired of this shit. You know, I I, I can't really do this anymore. And my my lift driver just happened to tell me about a book called The Kabbalion. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is kind of related to the law of attraction. And it's an amazing how Lyft drivers and Uber drivers always have that kind of information. Yeah, well, I mean, it's true. It was it's, a synchronicity, I think, it's right? It's really something. Yeah. It, but it's interesting that it happened right after I was having those thoughts. There's mm-hmm. like, I really want to get connected with my spiritual self again. I found that book called The Kabbalion, read it in a night, uh, got the audiobook, listened to it over and over, just kind of explained the, the rules of consciousness how everything actually works in terms of our belief systems, why we attract what we attract, uh, polarity, like hate and love being the same thing, mm-hmm. just different poles. And all of it just made so much sense to me. I was like, this is the way reality works. This this is what's real. And I got fully on board with it. And I, I felt my energy getting really behind that because it, it's what felt real. Mm-hmm. And I remembered it. Like, you know, when you know something's real because it feels real, Versus yeah. like somebody is explaining a document to you and, and they're like, here's what it is. And you're like, that's not real. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. I could feel the authenticity of it. 
Uh, it's it's a book uh, by Hermes Trismegistus. I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's just like from ancient Egypt and mm-hmm. long, long ancient stuff. And the history major in me loved that stuff too. So I find that and eventually I make the decision through a lot of stuff happens that I'm not really going to get into because we don't have time. But uh, my, my essentially my girlfriend and I broke up and I, fe- I realized I'm just not happy. And I was just putting that all on her and nothing's going to change if I don't leave this job. So I, I made the decision to leave the job. And then I sent an email to my boss to put in my two weeks. And then I'm in this new house and my, my new roommate has a cat. I have a cat. Her cat's this feral cat. Mine is more of a domestic cat. And we try to introduce them because we were like, let's make them be friends. Mm-hmm. Right. And in the introduction, you cannot force cats to be no, friends. You can't, you can't do that. Yeah, just saying. Uh, <laughs> just throwing well, I mean, this, that this out is, there. <laughs> this is where this came from. I'm showing okay. her a scar that yeah. I have. Okay. And the the cat bit me, uh, and then I didn't, you know, I didn't treat it like a serious infection because you know you're like that's a cat bite, mm-hmm. not a big deal. Uh, the tooth actually went into my bone, got into my bone marrow, infected my bone marrow. My whole arm was a balloon in three days. I had to go to the hospital and get surgery. And I just quit my job. So, you know, I'm done working basically. Yeah. yeah. And they installed a pick line in my heart to feed me antibiotics for the next month and a half. And I had to basically do that for the next month and a half. I moved into my aunt and uncle's basement. So I broke my lease to that other place. I know this is a lot of information. But yeah, no, but, but, but really it just, when it rains, it pours, yeah. right? But, but this is a lot of time what happens to mm-hmm. us when we're meant to go, I want to snap or clap, but I'm not going to because Jesse will get upset with me. <laughs> But when we have this aha moment, mm-hmm. you know, you can call it a spiritual awakening. You can call it a midlife crisis. You can call it just, and a lot of times when you're in that shit and you're in the middle of it, it's not what it feels like. It feels yeah. like my life's going to hell. It's never going to get better. I mean, I'm not going to put labels on yeah. the way that you're feeling at the time, but it just had to probably feel like everything was raining at once. It actually didn't. It didn't. That's great. I was like, I don't have to work at that job anymore. Yeah. And... But that's part of the flow too. <laughs> I took out my 401k <laughs> and I was like, I have money now. Yeah. I'm <laughs> so going to go to Peru. Relax. Is this before or after Peru? Uh, this is after Peru. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I start healing myself physically. And when you're doing this kind of stuff, you're being very mindful. And, and I start having all these crazy dreams. And, and, and I mentioned like the injury happened like 30 minutes after I quit the job. Mm. And my brain's like, that's not a coincidence. There's yeah. no way that's a coincidence. And I, I just knew, I just knew I was onto something. And, and in the dreams I started having, like I started having these lucid dreams. I read a book about lucid dreaming and one, one dream I have, uh, I'm, I'm, I meet this, this is about, I don't know, maybe a month and a half, two months. I'm starting to be able to use my hand again. So about two months into healing, I'd been doing a lot of mindfulness practices. I even made like an altar to work with spirit and not to go into how I get mm-hmm. into all of this, but I just, you know, you find your way. Yeah. And I have this dream and this guy from, he looks like Ted Danson from uh, The Good Place, if mm-hmm. you know that TV show. I do. Also have cheers. Yeah. For those of us that are a little older. Yeah. Well, yeah. Ted Danson comes to me in this dream <laughs> and we're in this old cobblestone village that looks like, you know, Charles, not Charleston, looks like uh, Savannah, Georgia, because mm-hmm. I'd actually just been to Savannah, Georgia. And I, I write about this in the book a little more, but he came to me and he's like, you have to go to the bell house. 
and he showed me this big sign that said the bell house on it. And I'm like, what, what, what do you mean the bell house? Mm-hmm. What is this nonsense? Like, like a house full of bells? <laughs> like, what's going on? And then later, and you know, I that's in the dream. I have a dream journal all the time, by the way. So that's in the dream. And then some other stuff with, I get abducted by aliens in the dream. Just crazy things. Same night. Yeah, all mm-hmm. this. My dreams are just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I eventually find out I'm very, I'm clairvoyant because I remember all my dreams very lucidly. I can do anything I want in my dreams. But back to the point, like, I wake up, I write down the dream, I write down the bell house, I kind of forget about it. And then in the middle of the day, I'm just like, I'm just going to Google the bell house. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to Google it. And then this bed and breakfast pops up and it's uh, in Griffin, Georgia, and it's an hour south of Atlanta. And it was built in uh, 1878. And I was just like, huh. So the moral of the story is when Ted Danson comes to you in a dream and tells you what to do, you Google it. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm just, a, I'm going to just venture to say you went and stayed at the bell house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went there and then I had an out-of-body experience. Uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't go in with the expectation of that. I had no idea what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I was like, this place is probably haunted. <laughs> like spirits are probably going to yeah. come mess with me all night. But, and it took me forever to fall asleep. But when I fell asleep, I had this out of body experience that I, I talk at length about in the book and the, the kind of the, I met one of my spirit guides in it and I feel like I went back in time to, and I, I watched all these witches doing these ceremonies and they were talking to me. It, there's just so much, there's definitely no time to, to get into it at length, but it is yeah. all in the book. And I, I came out of that and I was just like, this is all real and I have to do something with this. And then I mean, you know, we're talking about the origins of the book. If that event didn't happen, the book doesn't happen. Mm. So that was a huge catalyst in getting you started. Yeah. It like, was the catalyst. I can't poo-poo that. Like, yeah. That, that was real yeah. to me. In- yeah. Well, and to validate that kind of experience for you, Trey, because a lot of people have these experiences and then they talk themselves out of it. Right. Right? Like, oh, that was powerful at the time, but my logical brain is going to go back to the point and go... Oh, that wasn't really, really silly. Oh, it's, like, it's tried. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I speak from personal experience of having kind of an experience, you know, recently in my life that was powerful and that my ego has gone to the place of going, that wasn't, that wasn't real or mm-hmm. don't, you know, maybe get, maybe you need to go talk to someone, yeah. <laughs> right? Like maybe you need to go talk to a It's like, get rid of that. That's psychiatrist. That's not the way the world works. You yes. Can't, other people aren't going to exactly. believe Exactly. So you've embraced that and you've embraced- Trying to. This, yes. Well, I, I see you embracing it. Yeah. And I know that it's probably, you know, an ongoing thing mm-hmm. where some days are easier than others. But mm-hmm. the truth is you're sitting across from me right now talking about it. You've written a book about it, mm-hmm. right? So there is a level of embracement going on. Right. And I will say it was easier because- I'm in this basement basically by myself and I don't have to play by the rules of the world. Mm-hmm. This can all be real. Yeah. And having about three and a half months of just me basically being by myself, just redeciding what belief systems I want to work with, re- work, seeing the patterns of, that my mind brings up, it was very helpful. And, and it, it allowed that book to basically just channel right through me. Like it mm-hmm. felt like I was channeling it. I wrote it by hand. And it was like, I don't know if you ever listen to people talk about channeling, but it's just like you hear the words in your head mm-hmm. and you're, you're trying to keep up with them and yeah. you just, you do your best. Yeah. And, but 
the book felt really important because I was like, I don't know how many people have written a book during a spiritual awakening and, and shown what is happening to you and your body. And mm-hmm. it usually comes the way the world receives you like, mm-hmm. and it's usually all in hindsight and we're trying to remember what it was like. So what would it be like if the book happened during, uh, and then, you know, we edit it and stuff, but yeah. it's pretty much what happened during. And it's, it, I won't say it's a perfect book, but I think the point is it is an imperfect book and we are imperfect. And mm-hmm. that's why I think it can be or so powerful. We're perfect. And it's perfect. Right. Yeah. Everything, <laughs> yeah. everything is perfect, right? Yeah. We just don't call it that. Yeah. But everything's already perfect. Yeah. For sure. So if someone wants to read your book, where do they go? They can go to, if you're in Atlanta, you can go to Phoenix and Dragon. Mm-hmm. That's a metaphysical bookstore. And uh, you can find it there in the intuitive development section. Or you can just go to Amazon and Google Evergreen Trey Jackson and it'll pop up. Mm-hmm. Pretty and quick. Is it available on your website as well? You can or also you can... find it on my website. Uh, that's on freeminds.life. And I'm actually moving to a new website soon. The new website's going to be called thealchemistcompass.com. Still under construction right now, but it should be done by middle of September. Okay. And are those two websites going to link up? I will leave freeminds.life there. Okay. But I'm going to be kind of moving all of my promotional content, moving all my services to the Alchemist Compass um, because that feels more in alignment with kind of where I'm heading. That okay. makes sense. Yeah. And as an intuitive coach, right? Because this yeah. is a this is a And that um, there's even stories there. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure as an intuitive coach too, you get to hear people's own awakening stories mm-hmm. and then in return that helps you and then you help them and it's like this constant give and take of yeah. um I don't even know how to how to put that. It's it's very it's very interesting to see yeah, people. Yeah, they kind of like the intertwine. And I, I, I will, I, I don't want to call myself a spiritual awakening coach because I don't think that's what it is. I think I'm just teaching people how to take back what they already have mm-hmm. and, and, and remember what they already have. Because a lot of the people that come to me are going to all these different psychics and they're just so, they feel so, conf- their energy feels very confused and, and I try to kind of rein it all in for them. Mm-hmm. And show them that they can intuitively feel their way through life. They intuitively already have the answers. It's not going to be in our mental body, though. It's always going to be in our physical body. We're going to feel it through our emotional body and our physical body together. And don't you feel like, too, and and, and this is just how I view this kind of energy, mm-hmm. but people who are going to psychic after psychic after psychic um, are often trying to give their power away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is nothing I... I have gone to intuitives. Yeah. I will definitely go get a reading. Yeah. Hands down. But the biggest lesson that we can learn for ourselves, and this is what I'm hearing you talk about that you're trying to help people with, is to trust your own gut and follow your own intuition and not to give that power away. And it's not just with psychics. It's with doctors. Mm -hmm. It's with partners. It's with, um, you know, everybody. Like own your own power. It's, and and trust yourself and and trust your gut. It's a big it's a big one. Yeah, you have a you have an internal compass. Absolutely. Like look at the word compassion. We all do. <laughs> compassion. Yeah. Compass. Compass ion. Mhm. Like, you got throw a little Drishna Patel in there. I know, I know. She does that. <laughs> but for real, like Yeah. You have a compass. Yeah, absolutely. It's right here. I'm pointing at my heart, mm-hmm. but it's right here. And this and just like high-level intuitive coaching, the first part is releasing blockages that are blocking your compass. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are emotions, traumas, things. But I mean, to me, healing is really just processing things you haven't processed yet. Mm-hmm. And once you process those things, 
then this thing works. Yeah. And intuition is building that relationship with your, your higher self. You're, you're building a relationship of trust with yourself. And the sooner that you can trust yourself in the 3D and your higher self mm -hmm. and know that it's just one thing and you're always going to get the step-by-step -step directions, it's like a GPS, right? Yeah. It's, you're, when, you, when you go the wrong way with a GPS, it doesn't just tell you, well, you should have turned back there. Mm -hmm. It's like you turn right up here. Yeah. It doesn't matter that you didn't take the right turn back there. Mm -hmm. And it always redirects you. Yeah, very true. And that's what intuition does. Yep. Always redirects you. And we all have it. Mm -hmm. We're all born with it. It's, it's right it's there. It's innate. Yeah, it's innate. So where are you now in this process? You know, you, we, we've talked about your story and you're, you're on your third book and yeah. it's deck. And, and where are you in this process of kind of coming into who you are and, and what work you're doing in this world? I think I'm, I'm, I'm just remembering I'm a teacher. And people always ask me, how do you figure out what your purpose is? Mm -hmm. You have to try out different things and find the things that feel good. It's a million-dollar question. You have, to, yeah. you have to feel it out. <laughs> and you already kind of know because it's like the, 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 the people that are inspiring you, the, the people that excite you, they have the thing that you have and, mm -hmm. and they're just, you seeing it in them is a way to activate it within yourself. When I see people giving really moving speeches or people giving really, really good lectures, not lectures, but just people that can convey information in a way that a person can understand it and receive it, it gets me a little excited. Mm -hmm. And because that's there, I know that, that I feel like I've done this before in many other lifetimes probably. And that gave me the confidence to be like, well, if I've done this before in other lifetimes, then I can definitely do it in this lifetime. Yeah. I don't have to have all these fancy degrees, you know, I, and I, I, I maybe I got the quote unquote wrong degree in college, <laughs> but it doesn't matter because I can just redirect. Mm -hmm. I can pivot. And don't you think too, just a reminder to people that we all don't have to be living our passion all the time, that, that sometimes where we are on the right path mm -hmm. and it doesn't necessarily feel good but it's going to get us to where we're going. Yeah. And even with my corporate job, right? Like I figured out from that job, I like teaching people because I would teach people how to use the product mm -hmm. and it would get me very excited when they learned how to use it. I, and I didn't care about the product. I cared about the process of mm -hmm. giving, transferring that information. And I also worked with databases and I've kind of moved that database knowledge to consciousness because I think consciousness is this giant database mm -hmm. that we all can intuitively access. You can access anything you want to access. You just have to put the right query in, you know? I like that analogy. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good one. And it's a, even emotions, it's a feeling code. When you have a thought coming up, you're activating a code and it's pulling down a, an emotion to your body in a way. It's just, it's just, it's just one model of how the universe works. Yeah. But it's a model that makes sense to me. So what's next for Trey? What, what do you, what are you doing? Uh, so... <laughs> I, I, the intuitive coaching is continuing. I'm doing these, we're doing these three month kind of relationships with, with clients and we're seeing how the transformative process is going. And I think I'm going to continue to do these kind of three month relationships with, with about five clients at a time, because mm -hmm. I think that's enough. And they all work together? No, 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 no. Well? It's all individual. Okay. But I, you know, I'm just like noticing how much energy do I have to give? Yeah. Because I'm not going to do too many to where yeah. I, I don't have the energy to be present and fully there for them. Because I have to take care of myself Absolutely. too. Absolutely. You can't do this work right. empty. So I do about five people at once. And then after three months, you know, we re-up or whatever. And 
uh, I just I just like working with these people. And and the book is coming, The Alchemist Compass. I think that's eventually going to be kind of a, a part of the course. I'll just give it to my clients. But mm -hmm. uh, I've kind of just like learned, oh, I like to draw because I'm doing all the artwork in the book. Oh, so nice. the Oracle card, not Oracle cards, but it's a it's a The Alchemist Compass is a book. It's meant to be a compass. Kind of like how Oracle cards are in a way a compass. You're like, mm -hmm. hey, my direction for the day. And then you get your heading. Yeah. Uh, this is more a literal sense uh, of a compass. The the cards are based on directional elements, and but I'm drawing all of them, and I haven't drawn in like 20 years, so it's it's been uh, unnerving. But I'm I'm kind of channeling it through. But me. still, it puts it puts so much more of your signature on it. Yeah, because I can see it. Yeah, I see what absolutely. the card looks like, and and I pull it down, and you know we'll have a I'll have a graphic designer help me like make it look like a card form, but. I'm doing the initial prints and everything for sure. Nice. And so these cards will be available same place that they your will books also are? be at Phoenix okay. and Dragon and on Amazon. And actually, we don't have dates set yet, but I'll be at Phoenix and Dragon doing a workshop and doing book signings. Okay. Uh, for Evergreen and then for the Alchemist Compass when it comes out. Okay. And that'll be so, listed on your website. Yeah, I'll keep it. Um, I'll probably be fully on the Alchemist Compass by then, but you can still find the information on FreeMinds.life. Okay. I'm also on Instagram. Uh, which is actually, I, I post a lot of kind of like mini lessons on there about intuition and consciousness. Okay. And you can find you on Instagram at? At uh, trey.thealchemistcompass. <laughs> okay. So I'm on there too. Uh, but you know, it's just kind of like, you're just kind of waiting your way through life. And I think the less expectations you have, the more powerful this and exciting this all can be. Yeah. And you're doing the work. Yeah. You're doing the work. I mean, you're doing the work for other people and you're also at the same time doing it for yourself. And that's really big right. because we constantly have to do the work, whatever we might think the work is. We can't help others if we're not doing the work right. ourselves and being vulnerable to go, hey, here's my book. I'm I'm different now. It's, it's very <laughs> I'm, vulnerable. Yeah, but I'm different now, but I'm still, I'm honoring where I was at that time. Mm -hmm. That's huge. And then you honor the space for others as well. Yeah, because it's the, there, there's, there's hurt and there's pain in this book. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's, we don't grow without that. Yeah. It is, it is, trauma is, is how we become powerful. It's how we become so empathetic. And yeah, like how we have to hit bottom before we can rise to the top. I hit bottom pretty hard. Yeah. And, <laughs> And I think I'm going back. I've, I've hit bottom, bottom a few times, yeah. but you know, and that's okay. I'm going back. Yeah, up now, yeah, for sure. We all we all find ourselves so it, it, when you, when you commit to it, right? Because mm -hmm. you know when you really commit to something or not, or when you're like kind of willy nilly about it. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, goes back to common theme that's been coming up in my life lately is the promises that we keep or mm -hmm. don't keep to ourselves, mm -hmm. because we can make all kinds of promises and keep them to others. But we're constantly not keeping promises to ourselves, right? And it looks like you're keeping a lot of promises to yourself. Yeah. And just yep. think about that from like an energetic standpoint. Absolutely. When you fully put your intention and consciousness into a commitment, mm -hmm. the energy goes there. Yeah. And, and to it, honor that. And it literally, like, I've had stuff basically manifest before my eyes. Not like literally, but I think that is possible. Well, when that actually happens literally, I, yeah. I want to hear about it. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and opening up and sharing your story and being vulnerable. Try to. I appreciate it. Thank you, Trey. And thank you, everyone, for listening. If you like this episode of the Heal Yeah podcast and other episodes, please subscribe on iTunes and leave us a good review. 
Thank you so much. Have a great day, everyone. The ideas expressed by guests are not necessarily Colleen's personal beliefs. Information received from Helia is not to be used as a substitute for medical or psychological advice. See and hear more from Colleen by subscribing to The Lighter Side Network at www.thelightersidenetwork.com. The Lighter Side Network, where the everyday meets the extraordinary. Made with love by Jesse in Atlanta.